All right, guys, welcome back to the Welcome Home Lake Norman podcast. We have myself, Ryan, Ben, and Tiffany with our guest today, Brian O'Toole, who is a famous pilot here from the Lake Norman area. How famous, Ben? Oh, dude, look, look. I mean, Ben. Ben's this requested you. This, this guy's my idol. <laughs> you know, not only is he uh, funny, but he's a hell of a good pilot, man. We, we Both of us love to fly, of course. He's good looking. And, yeah. He's well, got a he's great bald. haircut. Look, man, bald. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about how lucky he is, uh, you know, and all that lately with that beautiful bride of his. So, but, Brian, your first podcast, correct? Yes, I've never, I don't even know what a podcast is, so I'm is glad perfect. to be here. So what do you think a podcast, what do you think you're doing? Well, uh, <laughs> talking in a microphone with three other people, that's one thing. Nailed it. Ben, what do you think a podcast is? I don't know. Y'all just bring me down here once a week and say talk here. I don't know what happened. Actually, my kids know what podcasts are because I hear them talking about they were listening to some podcast, and I go, good. Tiff, what's an actual yep. podcast? <laughs> well, I explained it earlier that it's kind of like talk radio. Yeah. But you can listen to it anywhere. You don't have to yeah, be Yeah, we car. like to video it because mm-hmm. for some reason people want to look at Ben. I still haven't figured yeah. out why. I'm on the video? You're on video. Should have done, done my hair. Should have done my hair, There you go. <laughs> no, so Brian was a, uh, you were a pilot with what airline? Uh, American Airlines. For years. Still, yeah. I've, I've been with American Airlines 30 years. I just flew yesterday, American Airlines. There you go. Your brothers. My they, brothers they, in arms. They flew me. And sisters. <laughs> and sisters. Was it bumpy? No, actually, honestly, smooth, honestly it was the smoothest landing I've ever had in my flying experience. You sure I wasn't the pilot? It must have been you. Okay, just check. <laughs> you all smooth, man. You let Brian <laughs> the I, like, I noticeably was sitting there and was like, oh, I can see us about to land. And I kind of braced myself and I was like, oh, dang, we landed. Like, yes, that was good. Go. That was really There's good. There's a lot of experienced pilots here in Charlotte, for sure. Yeah. It's a very senior base as yeah. far as seniority and pilots that have been around a long time mm. you know we uh y'all got them buddy passes uh you know yeah. we'll, let's publicize that yeah. but, uh, we used to do closings for buddy passes there you go and, and that was back in the day when you could actually use them yeah, exactly Those planes are so full now yeah especially in the summertime there's, there's probably a few months during the year that that the loads aren't quite as heavy but boy it's a pretty small window well Brian, we had a guy in our in our office that does the computer programming for that and he says it's so good now they can they can fill those planes up yeah, pretty good, absolutely. Which is good because they're making money. Making money. Yeah, I tell they, you what, they the can last, pay their pilots. With the last four years, <laughs> we've made more money. I think they've made in the previous twenty-five years. I, I mean, yesterday pilot. it was packed. Yeah, I, it took me. I texted Tiff. It took me forty-five minutes to get through security. Just, I mean, in Phoenix, Arizona. Come yeah. on, it's not right. like it's a, a hey, L.A. All right. So, so this is something that's kind of in the news now. Do you put your seat back? Can you put your seat I back? I don't put my seat back because I'm respectful. I'm six foot three. If someone puts their seat back, it's in my lap. It's not comfortable. So I, out of respect for not wanting anyone's seat back on me, I don't put mine back. Even yeah. a little bit? None. Hey, you know what? I actually ride in the back a lot because they deadhead us. Yeah, you got to go make flights and stuff. And even if you put your seat back, it's only like about an inch or two. It's yeah. really not like you're going to sleep any better yeah. or get more comfortable. So yeah. I don't know. I don't put mine back just because I've kind of been like you, where I've had a, a iPad out or something on my table, and somebody puts their chair back, and now my iPad is. Well, in my you know, lap. somebody said maybe mm-hmm. you ought to ask. Well, that's no. That's it, I think when we were talking about this last, you said, "Well, I will just tell the people in front of me I'm okay if you put your seat back." Oh, that's sweet. Uh, yeah, and I'm because it doesn't bother me. I'm. Yeah, you're too tall. Yeah, yeah. like I'm only your, like your five knees. Five foot. You know? yeah. Your knees are in the seat no matter what. So you yeah, know. Yeah. Right. No, uh, that, 
that was the Delta CEO who said you should ask. Oh, and that kind of created a, yeah. a firestorm. Like, why should you ask if the button is right there and the seat can do it? Yeah. That yeah. was kind of my thought. I also don't put my seat back. But if someone's going to come out on record and say, yeah, you really shouldn't do that, then don't make the seats so that they can go back. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> make them I don't, all. You know, and I mean, unless you're on a really long international flight, if you're going to Raleigh, or if, you, if, you're, if you're even going to Orlando, which is an hour from Charlotte, you really need to put your seat back. Look, now. look, dude. You guys are going to be coming in the back now, breaking it up. <laughs> All right. That's one of the nice things since September 11th is we don't go back anymore. You Those days are right over. there. And, uh, yeah. So you guys used to go in the back and just like, hey, what's up? Plane's flying itself. Um, no, not, not in that way. But if there was a problem, huh. especially back when we had engineers on the airplane, so it would yeah. be a captain, a first officer, and an engineer. And so I was an engineer as a new hire, and, the cat, and there'd be a problem. A flight attendant would come up and go, hey, we have a a passenger in the back that, and this is usually on the ground, that's not being cooperative. Captain will look at the engineer and go, hey, <laughs> go take you. care of that. Yeah, you were the muscle. Like, that's right. And so we'd put our hat on, our coat on, and look official. And usually when you did that, people were a lot nicer to us than they were to the flight attendants for yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because of the authority, I guess, the authority uh, perception. Right. Right. So where's your, favorite, where's your favorite place to fly? Well, I flew international out of Chicago for 18 years. Okay. And uh, so I was flying the Boeing 777, uh, and, and we flew a lot to London. I really enjoyed London, uh, but uh, my family was young, so I tried to be home as much as possible. So if I did the Asia flights, I'd be home more because mm-hmm. it takes longer to get there, so you'd work three to four days. They give you, you more time and off And then you have about five to six days off when gotcha. you got back. But gotcha. I love London just because, of course, we kind of speak the language. It's relatively and an easy flight, it's too. An it's an easy what, eight flight. Hours? Well, yeah. from Chicago, it's from probably Chicago. ten. No, it wasn't that far. You know, it, of course, flying uh, across the ocean, it depends on the time of year. Mm-hmm. You know, when that jet stream is blowing in the wintertime, man, it takes you about five and a half to six hours. <laughs> you can really get going. That's nice. Uh, but of course, that tailwind. Home, that tailwind, that's <laughs> yeah, right. That's we like stuff. tailwinds. But coming home, of course, we'd go further north to try to avoid the right. – we'd go up over Greenland to try to avoid a lot of those winds that were blowing hmm. uh, uh, in the North Atlantic. So when you're – how what made you get into flying? You know, were you just sitting there like, there's a plane up there. I bet you I could fly one of those for well, a long time. No, I grew up around airplanes. My okay. dad – Loved to fly, and he was not a commercial pilot. He just loved to fly. He he uh, went to college in uh, 1956, and his and his dad gave him 300 bucks for the semester for his spending money. He came home at Thanksgiving flying an airplane. <laughs> oh he bought God. an airplane and and flying <laughs> lessons for 300 dollars. Woo! That's that's a good living. I don't know if I'd have gotten in that that's airplane. Right. Yeah, I don't know. He was a he was that. a he was an Aronica champ. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, that's and, a flying uh, airplane. And too. so there were. Just, I mean, we had airplanes in our in our garage. He'd work on them. He'd take the wings off, bring them to the house, and work on them. Huh. Everywhere you turned in our garage, you know, people have car parts. He had airplane parts everywhere, yeah. and so he just loved to fly. He would he'd buy an old airplane, work on it, fix it up, sell it, buy another one. That's but uh, I didn't have too much interest in it. I was not very because we would fly a lot as a family, and uh, my brother always got motion sickness, so I'd be in the back seat with my mom, who also got motion sickness. <laughs> And so it just, just it kind of reminded me of getting sick, right? Oh, so man. I'll never forget the first day of Army flight school. I was 
learn how to fly this helicopter, and and it was a uh, it was a reciprocating engine helicopter, so that burned that one hundred low lead, mm-hmm. which is a very strong smell. Yeah, I mean that's gasoline. basically that racing fuel. Almost. Yes, and man, I opened that door, of that helicopter, I smelled that one hundred low lead. I about threw up just because of my childhood <laughs> I memories. I don't know if this guy's gonna make it. Yeah, that's right, man. He smelled the gas and getting sick. But uh, so I always kind of had it. My dad really encouraged me, and uh, so once I I went to flight school and got out, and I was like, wow. I can make a living flying airplanes. That's a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, uh, my mom and dad are both from the Myrtle Beach area, so I spent a couple summers towing banners up and down the beach. Mm-hmm. And then I got a part-time corporate job flying the, the civilian model of the Army airplane I was flying. Mm. And then I got a commuter job with an Eastern Express carrier out of Florence, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And uh, then that went away when Eastern went on strike. And then there was a Piedmont commuter up here in Charlotte. And they hired all of us. And so we came up here. That was 19, I think that was 88. So you, you came up under in Piedmont? Well, it was a Piedmont commuter, yes. Yeah. And then uh, I worked with them almost two years, and American Airlines hired me mm. in August of 1990. So you came in through American Airlines, not up through USA. Or yeah, anything. no, yeah. yeah. I'm a legacy route. American guy. The, yeah, uh, there's the, many of y'all around here. The, now. That's <laughs> right. The uh, legacy U.S. Airways guys calls Native Americans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, it just kind of happened. And, now, uh, you're a Citadel guy. I'm you? a Citadel guy. Yeah, okay. that's where I got my commission. Uh, I graduated from the Citadel in 1985, at, you know, with a commission as a second lieutenant in the Army, and they sent me to flight school, and that's a good. Know. That's a good way to do it. You know, oh, it's a great up. way to do it, man. Because you get a, a little cheaper. Of, yeah, and you get a little of both too. You that's right. That. So I was a so I was a reservist. I wasn't an active duty guy. So once I finished flight school, I was out. I was a civilian, other than my military weekends I'd have to go to and fly. Mm-hmm. And of course, being a, a pilot in the reserves, it's more than just a weekend. We had to give them about five or six days a month. Now, tell people how bored those pilots are pulling those bands. Oh, up that's and down the worst the job. That's the worst job known to man, <laughs> especially if you had a big fuel tank, you know. So you'd oh. be up there for about four hours doing about, and you're flying these uh, Piper uh, Super Cubs. So they're, you're flying about maybe 30 miles an hour. Really? You know, That's yeah. all it is? 30 miles oh an hour. I well, you got to give us that. time to read. That's We've been right. drinking a little on the beach. And you know what's crazy? Of course, if the wind, you know, if the wind was from the southwest, man, you'd be smoking. If it was from the northeast, you'd be going real slow. But then you turn around, you'd come back another way. And it's hard to read going that fast. But, uh, yeah, it's it's about as boring as you could get. The only thing that's not boring about that job is picking up the banners. Mm. So that's how cool. do you do that? What well, what they, you know, those banners have about a, I think it's about a 200-foot, maybe 150-foot lead line, right? And so what they do is they get these PVC poles, and the, they, put the, they put the rope from that lead line in those PVC poles, and they're probably about 10 feet up in the air like that. And so you have a, a hook on the back of the, of the cub with about an 8-foot rope with a grappling hook. And so you dive down. And you right before you get to the rope, you pull that thing up full power, climb as much as you can, and hopefully the rope, the hook sw- swings through those poles, catches that rope, and then you climb on out. So you don't take and off pulling the back. Oh no no no! You got to no. come back around. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, exactly. No, I so did you have to like put them out the back or something? No, you never missed it, did you? I was oh ask. my gosh, that's kind of funny. You know, you'll do, you'd go for about three weeks and not miss. You know, you hit it first time, you think you're feeling pretty good about yourself. <laughs> Then you miss that thing one time, 
it might be an hour before you pick that thing up. I mean, you keep trying, and whatever that sight picture is that you've had, you know, it just takes forever, man. You you know, and of course, all your buddies are flying to wait to pick up their stuff, and they're giving you a hard time. And But eventually you get it, and then you're good for another couple of weeks. But, boy, once you kind of start missing, you know, you, you keep missing. Yeah. People don't understand about flying, too. You got to stay current. I mean, you oh, got to yeah. constantly be flying. Oh, yeah. yeah. There, you know, people always ask the wrong question. They'll get in a plane with you, and they say, how long you been flying? That's not the question. That's right. Yeah. How recently have you that's been flying? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the truth. You know, it's kind of funny. I, I, I had gotten a job flying for that Eastern commuter, and, and I came back one weekend, and my boss from the Banatow company called me and said, hey, Brian, if you're home, man, I sure could use you. You know, we got a guy sick or something's going on. And I go, yeah, I'll go out there, and I'll fly with you. So I go out there. Man, it scared me. I go, I'm never doing that again. That's the most dangerous <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. And I did it for two years. You know? I was like, no, sir, baby. Now, do you fly, like, just private small planes just on the weekends for fun, like something like Ben has? Yeah, you know what? Uh, when my father passed away, I inherited an airplane that we had had for about 30 years. And I kept it. Uh, the first nine years, it just sat in a hangar down near Myrtle Beach. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a buddy of mine encouraged me to get it and bring it and get it annualed. And long story, but we did. And, uh, but it was having some fuel contamination issues. Mm. And, uh, and we thought we'd had them all worked out. Because what happened is for about nine years, we left aircraft fuel in the fuel tanks. And it lacquered up and caused a lot of... Uh, a lot of issues, and so I'd go out flying, kind of expecting it to quit, right? So I wouldn't get too far away from the airport, yeah. And just the mechanic said, "You just gotta, you know, about three or four tanks full, and that stuff will be gone, and you'll be good to go." And uh, <laughs> well, so 2007, so I'd had it going about I don't know about two years, and and I thought all those fuel contamination issues were behind me. And I was out flying one September after, uh, morning, actually. And it was, it was during a big drought. Boy, the lake was really low. And so I was just out flying around. And uh, I wanted to get a little lower to see this one little area of the lake. And I leveled off at about, at about 1,000 feet. And when I pushed I push the throttle back in, it, the engine didn't go with it. It Killed. just got real quiet. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, that's so a pilot's worst nightmare. That's a pilot's busy. worst nightmare. That's right. So well, that's really how he became famous, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He was famous back then. Yeah, it was. Uh, Tell him where you put that plane down. I put it on the eighth fairway at the point, <laughs> which is now uh, Trump National Charlotte. Oh, I thought you'd get to say which is now Brian O'Toole. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I always play because I'm a I'm I'm actually a member out there, so I always get to the eight T box. And I go, this is my hole. I'm gonna part, I'm a part of this thing. So you are the official person, the the you're the celebrity. You are the guy that you're everyone the guy knows. landed on them. Well, way. usually people like to talk about it at the bar. That's yeah. where. Uh, yeah. And, and, and well, that's actually, where that's where we figured out that you need to come on the podcast because okay. we were we were having dinner. The and last was time like, we oh, ran we into you at Brescia. Yeah. Well, that's you know, right. um, you did a remarkable job, by the way, because yeah. actually we had an opportunity to go up and recreate. That oh, that's a right. Bit. That's been being. So you, I said, I said, Brian, we got to go flying. You got to show me what happened <laughs> and what went on. We were in my seaplane. And so I was kind of showing off, you know, Brian, I can land this thing anywhere. That's I don't right. I don't have to go to the, the right. eighth hole. That's right. But we kind of got down, and he was telling me what happened. You did a really good job yeah. putting that thing down. Well, because I, I, did, I, I did a good job, except I had an opportunity to land it on the 12th hole. Mm. 
And about right before I landed it, the engine came back. You said, oh, no. you didn't pull the throttle like you. Yeah, well. You know, they say if you lost it, go ahead and pull the throttle. Yeah, I probably should And should've. then that won't happen to yeah, you. Yeah, so I had, I had, I'm sure the throttle was in. I'm sure, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was probably in about an extra inch or two. T- also, what do you think? Uh, it probably, <laughs> it it was was probably all the way through the firewall. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, so I had the throttle in, and I, I was coming around. And, and, you know, one thing, you know, my dad, he was a country boy pilot. But, boy, he, had a, he always said, man, three things that kill you, flying at night, unfamiliar territory and and running out of fuel and uh i was in very familiar territory i played that golf course i knew where i was I knew exactly where i was right. i knew exactly where i wanted to land the yep. airplane mm-hmm. and so uh i had, had it all lined up for 12 and it was all every Looked everything good. was good and boy at about 30 feet man that engine just comes roaring back to life and so that Gave and, too and, much power. To and because, well, not really. Well, I was thinking it was going to stay that way. Mm. Yeah, you thought you were mm. going to go then. Yeah, because you know what? Because I told you we'd had this issue with mm-hmm. the fuel contamination. That had happened before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, I'd kind of climbed on out, and it was fine. Well, the engine came back. I climbed on out, and I got about right above the trees, and it quit again. Mm. And then I was like. That then was, you had to take number that, eight. That was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. And there right. were people out there playing. Well, yeah. Well, so on number 12, no, there was nobody there on 12. But as soon as I pulled up, because I was going from the green to the tee box. So as soon as I pulled that thing up above the trees and then it quit, uh, I'm over the driving range. And it was not an empty spot. I mean, they, I looked up there and as far as all the way across that, Driving range was everybody, and then I looked down and I saw ten million golf balls on the driving range. And I'm like, this is not a good place to land. And plus, it kind of slopes; it the slope is wrong there, and everything. So I knew I had to get to number eight. I go if I could just because because when the engine came back at that point, it was kind of sputtering. Mm-hmm. It was, it'd come in, yeah. it'd go, it'd come in. You know, Ben, it'd be a thousand RPM, right. fifteen hundred RPM, five hundred. You know, it was just kind of. It was all over the place. Yeah. But it gave me enough power. And like we talked about earlier, I never got slow, man. I, that thing never dropped below about 60, 60 uh, you knots. You know, people don't understand about flying mm-hmm. is that you have to have airspeed. No doubt about and, it. And good, well-trained pilots like yourself keep control of it by keeping the airspeed That's up. That's right. People that aren't, you know, experienced and, and aren't Absolutely. well-trained, they'll let it get slow and then Absolutely. it won't fly. And that's how they get hurt. Absolutely. But you keep the airspeed going. It'll I've fly. Known a cu- I've known a couple of professional pilots that have lost engines like that, and both of them kept the airspeed yeah. and put it down somewhere. Yeah, and, and, don't turn, and don't and don't turn. Don't turn. Keep because it turn, it, in- it increases your stall speed because mm. you're, you're kind of dumping the lift off one wing. So just keep it straight, keep that airspeed, and you're going to be good. So I was over that driving range, and there's a old colonial house. Well, not old, but a, a colonial house that, Supposed to look old, but it's new. Those two big chimneys right on the other side of that driving range. And I go, if I can just get past those chimneys, <laughs> I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. And then I got past the chimney, and then I looked up, and I saw eight, and then I saw that one big pine tree to the left. And I go, God, just, just stay to right of that pine tree. And so I did, and I came right down there. And then, of course, it's, once I got past that tree, I was high. Right, so we do a, a maneuver in an airplane called a slip. And a slip is a cross control where you go 
opposite aileron, opposite rudder. So I was doing left left aileron, right rudder, and it'll come down like an elevator. Yes, I mean, it, it allows you to lose altitude but still maintain control of that's the right. airplane mm. real fast. So yeah. it's a good maneuver. It is practice. a great maneuver. So, man, I came down. I was coming down. Man, I was looking. I was, I was so happy. And uh, about the time I start to come out of the slip to land, I look up, and there's two guys standing next to the golf cart right in the center of the fairway. So you had to go over. So you blew your horn. Yeah. <laughs> they got out of the way. Uh, well, man, they were, the look, you know, their eyes and their look, I mean, you could see them, man. They were, they were stunned. I wasn't stunned. They were stunned. But uh, so I had to pull it back up and then push it back down real fast. And uh, the, another mistake I made, other than not landing on 12, was I thought that, uh, I thought that if I added another notch of flaps, so this is the oldest, a 1956 airplane. And so the flaps are manual. It's like mm-hmm. a handle. In the new airplanes, like Ben, you hit a button and, and the flaps go out. You know, that's, that's the old. He's got it easy. That, yeah. got it easy. <laughs> well, this thing's got a big old, that's old barn door airplane. handle, man. Yeah. And I just yanked in that fourth, the fourth notch of flaps, and it ballooned me just a little bit. And uh, But I got it down, and everything was looking pretty good. And, you know, I'm pushing those brakes through the firewall, too, because the brakes <laughs> on an airplane are on the toes, right? Yeah. So I'm sure my adrenaline... I was glad they to come be back. On the Sir, did you know your all of your pedals are just bent? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure they. I'm sure if somebody can measure that, they they uh, they were bent. But uh, so um, getting it stopped, and then at the very so once again I'm going from green to T, mm-hmm. and on the eighth hole there's a little area that starts heading down toward the lake. So there's a little ravine between the tee box and the fairway. So I'm coming off the fairway. I'm not even indicating any speed because you have to have about, I don't know, about 20 knots to even have any speed indicated on those old, uh, on those old airspeed indicators. And, and so I, I knew I was getting it pretty slow, but as soon as I hit the rough, which is that higher uh, Bermuda, man, it felt like it started to slide. You know, like, oh, no. I mean, I'm, it might have just been a feeling, uh, but I'm looking straight ahead, and straight ahead's the lake in that ravine. To the left is a little open area, which I thought would be okay, but all around it were trees. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, now I'm trying not to damage the airplane. Right. Right. And then to the right uh, was the ladies' tees and the senior tees, the white tees. And I go, just, and it was kind of like an uphill. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I go, man, down. like a runaway ramp in the mountains for yep. the trucks, yep. right? I go, that's perfect. There it is. So I just kind of do a little right right pedal to kind of steer that mm. nose wheel to the right. And what I didn't know, uh, when Greg Norman designed the course, he put an 18-inch uh, curve on the concrete curb on the cart path. So when uh. you're looking from the tee box, you can't see the cart path. Mm-hmm. So it has that nice grass uh. look the whole way, right? So, man, I was probably That doing, went your front wheel. Yeah. Mm. So I was doing about 10 miles an hour, maybe a little less, and that front wheel hit that – and I, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. You know, I had no clue. And so uh, so as soon as that thing hit, you know, I was like, bam. And then, of course, the prop's still spinning. Even though the engine, the props right. were still spinning with the wind. And and I might have had a little power because it was kind of partial there at the end. And so my prop hit the dirt. And I'm like, I'm sitting there going, boom, boom, boom. And then, of course, my main gear caught the, the curb, which it's, I mean, that, that stopped, it stopped it. it. That was it. That stopped it. So of course, in a in an airplane, the thing that they've always trained us, the thing that kills most people is not the, really the crash, it's the fire. Mm. 
So as soon as I hit, baby, I bet y'all was out of that airplane <laughs> in like two you seconds. Were, you, were, you were back in the clubhouse. Was, you were baby. back in the clubhouse. I was out, baby. He was having a drink by then. Right. And the other thing. <laughs> the plane is parked out there. Right. And the other thing they tell us, too, is, is once you kind of get it on the ground, open the door. So in case there is, it gets crooked, you know, so the air, so you aren't. Sometimes did you, you do that? Pretty hard. Oh yeah, man, you were open. really. That's good. I mean, yeah, yeah, because most people can't think yeah. that fast. Well, that's my biggest question: is how how did you keep a cool head? Well, here's the thing: I've been trained for that situation. Well, yeah, you get the military background, so they guy. probably no, yeah. I'm a helicopter guy. You should have seen some of the areas we landed helicopters. Yeah, <laughs> probably about the size of this studio. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you guys, know. professional pilots practice, practice, Pract- practice. We practice for know. engine failures. I mean, even in I mean the helicopter. I mean, I. I, you, know we're flying, you know we're flying with parachutes on the plane now. Yeah, I heard that, man. I'd be a little embarrassed to pop a parachute. Well, <laughs> they try. They they have to do training is that for people right? not to be embarrassed. Yeah, because they actually want you to. Is that right? Because most people can't do what you did. Yeah. Well, you, what's most the numbers on yours? Your you, the percentages and all that? Oh, it's like a hundred percent survival. Survival yeah. if you pull it at the right yeah per mm-hmm. the procedures. Yeah, you know. So, well, uh, I know it makes yeah. me feel a lot better about flying commercial, knowing that there are people like you that can do what you do. Yeah, that are in charge. Um, yeah. yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, and and and, and you've had yours because the chances of having an off-field uh, landing are almost slim to none for the life of a pilot. That's right. So you've had yours, I, buddy. I fly with you anytime. I hear <laughs> <laughs> I hear Odds you. are you would never have that yeah. again. I think I think the funniest thing about that whole thing is I had just gone out to the airport to change to. To replace my whiskey compass because it had it had drained out. It's a it's a it's an old compass that, that are required to have on an airplane in case all your more modern things quit working. So you can always navigate. And the seals had leaked out. So I was just going out to just put that thing in, and I was going to go play golf. And well, my, you you made it there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so my buddy calls me up. I'm installing that thing because hey, it got held up at the office. Uh, it's going to be another hour. I'm like an hour. Man, I'm gonna go flying. Yeah. So yeah. I'm only wearing a shorts and t-shirt, no shoes, no wallet. I did have my sunglasses on. Mm-hmm. But so after all that happened, and I'm like, I don't have my license. I don't have, you know, I don't have anything. This man yeah. stole a plane and landed well, on right. the golf course. <laughs> the good news, the good news is that uh, of course the the FAA looked at it and all that and said, yeah. Good job, son. That's you right. did mm-hmm. everything right. Right. I'm proud of you. So yeah. You didn't have any problems with the the licensing folks. So that's, that's right. Good. That was that. You know, and of course, and that's the way I make my living. So I was thinking about that too. I actually did call my chief pilot at the time in Chicago and just go, "Hey, just to give you a little heads up, <laughs> <laughs> I was out flying my dad's airplane and we didn't make it back to the airport, but I'm okay." You know. Yeah. And so he, you know, and there was no. I told him the FAA was on the way, and yeah, that's so, awesome though. Yeah. I mean, that's it's very impressive. Like Tiff said, the, how you can keep your head and you're cool mm-hmm. and actually remember your training like that you know it makes people feel good that wow these people right. do what they're supposed to yeah. do what what kind of questions do you get from people that uh about planes what happens in a plane or commercial flight i always get the one like where what do it they looks do like, what do they do during the flight well yeah well, <laughs> you always get the one where you know you're, you're coming in to land you're getting lower they're right and Why does it all, go up? yeah, and all of a sudden the plane feels like it's nosing up and taking off again. Yeah, that's when you when uh, Airbus, which is I, which is what I fly now, I fly the 319, 320, and 321. Uh, for whatever reason, when you go to flaps two, which is really the first 
notch of flaps, which are the mm-hmm. flaps of the trailing edge. Even though they call flaps one flaps, it's really slats, which are the leading edge, where the leading edges go down to help you increase. Oh, you lost everybody out there. Yeah, and, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. No, no, I actually think you're doing a very good job of explaining the yeah. terms. Right. Yeah. So, so when you go to flaps two, it makes the air, it makes the nose go up, mm-hmm. and it, and it's pretty on that airplane. It's really you're like whoa, and then of course not only does the nose go up, but guess what? The throttles you got to add power. Yeah, you got to so add power like, to maintain that, right. that so, altitude. That's right. So it does, and it you're makes, slowing down. That's right. You're slowing and, down. That's right. And and so the nose goes up, the the flaps go out, and the power goes up. So it has that has that feeling like you are mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah, I just try to tell people actually what the pilot's doing is slowing the plane down, but you're staying the same altitude. That's right. Or you may even be descending. That's right. More. That's right. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, look it, at it, you back there just well, educating people. Seem to, yeah. If you're in uh, a descent, if when you're in a descent, it, it doesn't feel as dramatic. But when you're at a level altitude, because usually what happens coming into Charlotte, you know, you'll be at 4,000 feet, and they'll tell you to slow to 170 knots, and you're doing 210 knots. Mm-hmm. You know, that's 40 knots. Yeah. So, you know, the power goes to idle. You know, you got to get below, I should know this, whatever the <laughs> flap speed is. For flaps two, and you get ten knots below that, and then you bring out flaps two. So it just yeah. feels that way, man. It you just know, feels. You know, when you're a general uh, aviation pilot, you never get to fly fast, of course, because all these planes are so slow. Right. But the little Cirrus we have, we'll we'll go faster, you know. Yeah. So I'll like coming into Charlotte or something like that. I'll go full speed, get it yeah. up as fast as I can, and they'll go. Uh, we'll slow it down to what I said. Say again. Say, uh, I didn't understand you. you. Tell me to slow it down. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. You hear people laughing. Yeah, that Cirrus is a fast airplane. It that's is. awesome. It's a good little plane. Everyone I talk to, and they're like, "Oh yeah, what, uh, what's Ben fly?" I say a Cirrus, and they're all, all of them are like, "Oh yeah, that's a good plane." Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it takes a lot of people to own one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got half of people in Lake Norman in this that's plane. That's right. You know? That's hey, right. can I use the plane next year? <laughs> that's right. No, actually, we do pretty good. Yeah. Well, well, Brian, I mean, I got... Brian. You call him yeah. Brian? Brian. T. No, it's Bryant. Bryant? Yes. Yeah, oh. Check me a couple well, of years Well, you've got a, you got a different accent. Where are you from? I'm, oh, I grew up near Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. A little town called Harleyville, South Carolina. Population okay. 400. Okay. Yeah. Got the... 399 got the, now. That's right. right. Left there. Got the, right. the super southern accent. Yeah, absolutely. A little, <laughs> little low country. Yeah, we go up to New York and they start rattling oh, off yeah. all those well, instructions. Yeah. I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You hear how I talk? That's how I hear. <laughs> yeah. Okay, southern boy, turn That's right. right. <laughs> oh, yeah, they love me. Yeah, it's fine. They love there. me. They fast, though. They, That's they right. That stuff out. Um, what was I going to ask you? Uh, what was I going to ask you about? Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the things we both enjoy. We both enjoy boiling up some seafood. Absolutely, you got a good man. recipe on that. Yeah, I love Southern it. boil. Yeah, we call it Frogmore stew because of a little community down there uh, near Beaufort, South Carolina, called Frogmore, South Carolina, and so it's where gay seafood is, and that's where they filmed uh, Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. So this little mm-hmm. seafood company, back in the fifties or whatever, they, of course, they claim they invented this low country boil. And they named it Frogmore Stew, and all it is is shrimp, corn, sausage, and potatoes. Yeah. And uh, you can, and some people, if it's a, if you have a smaller crowd, you can throw in some crab. Actually, you can throw in anything you want. Right. You <laughs> yeah, know, that's I mean, kind of the way. That's it what is. it was. Man, we like, throw in lemons. Well, I grew up down in Louisiana where we have crawfish boils. Right. So it's the same type thing. You right. Know, you just throw whatever. That's there, right. right. But it's a great way to feed people, and everybody likes it. Oh, I mean, yeah. you're really, you know, about the only way you can mess it up is cook the shrimp too long. 
You know, you got to really, yeah. once those things turn pink, baby, they got to come out. Yeah, you want to you know? piss a Cajun off? Yeah. Cook the shrimp too long. Yeah. Man, you're right. You got to put them in there and take them out. But the rest of the stuff, the corn, the yeah. sausage, and the potatoes, you can cook that till it dies. But the shrimp's got to be quick. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we. Uh, you got a good recipe. I've had yeah. yours before, man. That's good stuff. Yeah. We. And, and I, let me tell you something else about this guy. When I first met Brian, really, our kids were, you know, about the same age. That's right. Back in elementary or, you know, yeah. school. And so we had the pumpkin cutting contest or yeah. whatever. Did you get beat? Well, wait a minute. This, this is not fair. <laughs> he said, how'd why. you know? No, 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 no. So, you know, my wife, uh, here's the kit, you know, to go cut the pumpkins with the kids. I'm going, I'm doing what? Yeah, you got to be over there at, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning and go cut all these pumpkins. So I got my little bitty knife and all that stuff. So I go in there and I look over there and Bryce got a freaking saw. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. I, mean, I didn't even think yes, that was legal. Saw. You no, do seem like that kind no, of guy. I look yeah. over there and goes, wee. And the rest of the dads are like, that asshole. Yeah, I <laughs> oh, got mine cut quick. Yeah, I said, right. it was showing us up, man. That's right, man. He's good. <laughs> and the cute little teacher was over there. Oh, going, oh yeah, Mr. Baby. O'Toole, you were so was your good with that, that So that's the yeah. problem you have with it. Yeah, that's yeah. the real problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Now the truth comes and out. He, he's done in about three minutes, and you guys got three hours to cut your pumpkins. <laughs> he's like, all right, guys, time for pumpkin pie. And even my kid's like, look at Charlie's dad. <laughs> I see Charlie's dad. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Thanks, Will. We got it. Got it. Yeah, Charlie's Charlie dad is the cool dad. dad is, is cool, man. <laughs> well, awesome, man. Charlie, uh, Charlie. now you got That's me saying right. Charlie. Hey, one more thing before yeah. we cut. Uh, Go for it. We both like wine. Yes. Yeah, actually, you know what? Uh, this is pretty amazing, this story. My wife, I have to come and talk to you about it. But she, uh, a couple years ago, her sister-in-law called her and said, hey, there's this new company starting up called Scout and Cellar, and, uh, and, and it's this organic wine, but more than organic, it's, it's only from these vineyards that, are, that use biodynamic practices, you know, no, no pesticides and natural fertilizers and all this stuff. And, uh, and so uh, she was like, no pressure, but if you're interested, you know, let's sell this stuff. And, uh, man, she had, it has is, it is really taken off. I mean, I think the, the whole – Health craze has kind of helped it too. Yeah. And, keto because it's yeah, uh, right. it's low it's, carb. That's or right. It's low carb. It's it, it's keto friendly. It's yeah. I mean, you have to talk to her. I don't know all the facts. Oh, I have talked to her, and I got yeah. I got plenty of bottles of yeah, that in my closet. Absolutely, yeah, man. But uh, it really, uh, you know, it, you know, it's just kind of it's kind of like the way they make wine in in Europe a lot too. You know, they don't have a lot of the additives like we. Like yeah, it's our, more of that natural. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, they don't put the preserve the. Uh, the uh, preservatives in there, like the, the the added sulfites and stuff, and that's some of the stuff they say that causes people not to drink wine for the for either the headaches or the way it makes you feel. Uh, so it's really it's it's been spectacular, and she's kind of mm. here in Lake Norman, man. She she's kind of the oh they got the a queen bunch of, of they, clean yeah. the queen of clean crafted wine. There you go. Yeah, I like that. I like that tagline. <laughs> that's good. Did uh, you she's come a up great with that? Girl. No. She, hey, look, let me tell you, Kim is a great girl. How did yeah. you? Pull that off, really. Yeah. I mean, well, hey, I tell you what. Let me did tell you. you lie? What'd no, you do? I was with Jim Harbaugh the night I met her. No way. Yeah. Really? Yes. How, how did that come well, to be? Well, I, I lived in a house in Chicago with seven other guys because I was based up there, and I went up there to kind of really get away from my mom and dad. I love them both, but I needed to get away. And yeah, That's uh, what my kids say, too. Right. <laughs> that's right. But so So uh, two of the, of the roommates were from Ann Arbor, and they went to high school with. So at the time he was the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. And, How about uh, that? That's right. So in the in the off season, since he he knew those two boys, he'd come to the house and play cards and everything else, and then we'd mm-hmm. all go out. Well, Kim happened to be at a, a bar called High Tops, which is right by Wrigley Field on Sheffield. Mm-hmm. If you were Chicago, you'd understand the importance of Sheffield. Yeah. But uh, but so uh, uh, she was there, and one of the girls. I'm sorry, she was there with a bachelorette party. One of her girlfriends was getting married the next week. And so the girl came up to me because I was sitting next to Harbaugh and said, hey, we're here at the bachelorette party. Uh, any chance Jim would dance with, you know, with the, bachelor, the bachelorette, I guess. And uh, I was like, I don't know. You know what I mean, man? <laughs> he, I don't know if he will, but I will. <laughs> hey, Ben, I was just worried about me. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Right. The and, hell with Harbaugh. Yeah, that's right. And Kim's friend was very attractive. He and, said, uh, Jim who? Yeah, exactly. About me. That's right. I'm I'm the kicker. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So uh, so I talked to this girl for a while, and then I I must have asked her out or something. She goes, I'm married, and she goes, but I have a friend, and she introduced me to Kim. Dude. That's right. Are you serious? That is the way. That is how we met. Hey hey, you got to give me a little props here because so she brought me over to to uh, to uh, meet Kim, and I'm talking to her, and it's like talking to somebody who does not want to talk to you, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Ben has no idea how that feels. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, well, he does closings so, every day. So you know I still what? get that at home. <laughs> That's right. So I talked to her about five minutes and I'm like, nah, this is over. This I, I got a lot more action by the bar. You know? <laughs> and so, uh, so we're getting ready to leave, and the friend who I talked to comes running back over, don't you want Kim's number? I'm like, uh, I don't think so. She didn't, she had, like, she didn't want me to have her number. So I walked back over there, and I said, hey, your friend gave me your number. Is it all right? Did I call you? She goes, yeah, please call me. So I called her. We went and had lunch, and next thing I know, about a year and a half later, I was married. Surprise. (laughs) And And I wasn't looking. (laughs) <laughs> and here all this time, I figured she was probably a flight attendant. No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No. Just there comes Ben on there, the stereotype there you train. Go. There right. you go. That's right, Brother Ben. Nope. I have to ask. Okay. Do you have a special pilot voice for when you're talking to everyone? Uh, yeah, do you I guys don't. have to try and mumble? <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know, I, I have <laughs> one of my captain mentors, a guy named Dave Schober. Uh, he really kind of, he talked to me. And really kind of helped me with the PA, and and I think I really do think I make pretty good ones. And uh, I can just imagine. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear it. And, and, well, and you know, it's, it's it's kind of funny, and I'm it's kind of old school. But when the flight's over, I stay and I say goodbye to everybody. Oh, I like that. Oh, I, I do, do too. Know, and that's do really too. even if the landing's a little. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'll even stand. My co-pilot will make a bad landing, and I'll take all the hits for it. No. Nah. Yeah. That's right. That's a good, good captain. Right. But, but in our business now, because especially domestically, it's, man, it's go, 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 go. The next flight leaves in 45 minutes, you know. But you know what? I stay there, and, uh, and, I, I, and, and it's kind of funny the reactions I get to my voice. You know, they, you know, they'll, you know they'll go, hello, Captain O'Toole. Because you know, <laughs> I always, and kind of one Top thing. Captain O'Toole here. And one thing Captain Schober said, says, anytime you talk on the PA, you tell them it's Captain O'Toole because, you know what, they think it's a male flight attendant. They don't know any different. But he says, mm-hmm. when you say Captain O'Toole, people will listen. Mm-hmm. And so I always try to say that. And so it's kind of funny the reactions I get when people get off the airplane. And, and it's, it's – I remember uh, that. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's kind of everything from, do you have a cold? 
<laughs> which I don't. It's just the way I sound. But uh, to to uh, to I enjoy your PAs and you know, and I don't talk much. I'm not a you know. I tell you what you need to know, and I get off. I'm, I'm so you're not. You so don't inter- you don't interrupt guys them. over here on no. the right side. We have the Rocky Mountains. No, Wave to those. Never. Okay. Uh, you don't interrupt the movie, right? Never. Okay. You know, we don't never. want to hear all that stuff. I always say. I always say I'm not gonna. St- I'm not going to disturb you. I'm not going to disturb you along the way. I'll be back shortly for landing to update our progress. Hey, I tell you something else. You can thank me now for not bringing up the uh, national championship. Yeah, game. his his kids go to Clemson. Uh oh, <laughs> my kids go to LSU. That's right. We got bragging rights for a little That's while. Right. But I'm not going to hey, rub you know it what? in, but we're lucky we were there. I tell uh, you what, LSU played great all year. Uh, you got to give it to LSU, and I love college football. I'm not a. I got to admit, I'm not an NFL guy. I uh, love college football. Yeah, me too. And uh, LSU was by far the best team in the country this year. But so. those kids had fun no matter oh, what. Oh, yeah, they had a great time. Both <laughs> All our kids were down in New Orleans. Yeah. Oh, were they really? Oh, yeah. They just kind of came home a little sad. They were a little more sad than That's they wanted right. to be. Because Clemson's not used to losing. That's what I told you. That's them. true. They're not used to losing. Well, LSU not used to winning. My kids That's are right. still can't believe it. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Will was on Instagram today, and he was commenting on things from when you said something about LSU like six months ago, and he was on there and went, yeah, Dad predicted this. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm hardcore LSU. I predict it every year. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, he should. Yeah. As, it, as every LSU fan does. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. that's just the way it is. Every year. Ben's going to the national championship. Yeah. It's well, part of the ritual. Know, man. All good. That was that was unbelievable. I don't know if we'll ever see that again. Man, we appreciate you coming yeah, in. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's flying. been great. Definitely learned a lot for sure. Like right. his name. His That's name. Right. It's Bryant with <laughs> a T. Right. Oh, everybody you know. calls him Brian. Yeah. I, I, well, Ryan know. gets called Brian a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I get I'm called Brian. Ryan too. Yeah. I you take know, whatever sometimes I get. I don't enunciate like I should. I kind of just roll no. You know, it. I couldn't figure it out from a Cajun and. The low country, so I just go with Brian. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So uh, I try to, but now my mother, if she ever introduces me, that T comes flying out of her Oh, mouth. I bet it does. She, goes, this is she my invented son, it. Brian. Brian. <laughs> I named him. That's right. That's awesome, right. guys. Well, we definitely appreciate you guys listening. You can say you've been on a podcast. That's right. You flew I'm going to tell my kids. I'm going to tell my kids to l- listen to me on a podcast. You're an official <laughs> podcaster now. That's right. All Guys, right. we appreciate it. And we'll see you on the next episode of Welcome Home Lake Norman. Thanks for listening to the Welcome Home Lake Norman podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, make sure you give us a review on iTunes. It just helps us be seen by more people. Also, share it with your friends and let everyone know what we're doing over here in the Lake Norman area. We will see you guys on the next episode.